CGC, CGC Sports Illustrated. My name's Jim. So this is, so let's take a look at this. CGC Sports Illustrated, CGC Sports Illustrated. My name is Jim. CGC Sports Illustrated. This is podcast episode number six. My name is Jim. Today, I'm going to talk about two main topics. The first I'll go through are some of the best first covers of athletes. On the last episode, I did some of the worst covers, so I thought it was only fair that uh, we spend some time talking about some of the best first covers of athletes. For the second topic, I'm going to take a deep dive into autographs and how CGC deals with autographs. And a bit of a spoiler alert, it is complicated. Um, and then I'm going to wrap with some uh, um, recent sales of some graded Sports Illustrated issues so we can kind of get a sense on what pricing is like um, in the market today. If you like what I'm doing, then please comment, like, subscribe here on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to my podcast. It's available wherever you get podcasts. Our Facebook group is a ton of fun. Just go to Facebook groups and search CGC Sports Illustrated. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, eBay. I have the same username everywhere. CGC Sports Illustrated. That's also my email, Illustrated at gmail.com. Um, here are my usual disclaimers that I've been doing before all my videos lately. Number one, I only collect newsstand issues. I don't collect subscription issues. I don't talk about subscription issues other than to say that I don't collect them. So whenever you hear me talking today about an issue or a slab, I'm always referring to newsstand copies. Um, number two, whenever I'm talking about a specific issue, I try my best to remember to tell you if I own that issue. This world is full of people doing the whole pump and dump thing um, on everything from crypto to stocks and sports cards. I just hate that stuff. So when I talk about an issue, I'll let you know if I own it. And that way there's been full disclosure and you guys can make your mind up on everything. Okay, so let's dig in. Best first covers. Just like sports cards, when it comes to Sports Illustrated collecting, there's a huge focus on rookie cards or first covers. It's the first time an athlete appears on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Um, on the last episode, like I said, we looked at the worst first covers and someone asked if I could do the best ones. Thought it was a really good idea. So when I sat down to try and figure out what were some of the best first covers, it ended up being a lot harder than what I thought it would be. You know, because initially I started looking at the most valuable first covers and I started looking at Mickey Mantle and Michael Jordan and Tom Brady and LeBron. And, uh, you know, to be honest, it, it started just to get kind of boring. Um, these are all the high profile covers, the ones we always see for sale. And it just wasn't that interesting to me. So if you want to call this upcoming list, maybe underrated covers or just my favorite first covers, um, fine. These were really just first covers that I find most interesting right now. So, so keep that all in mind as we go through this. Okay, so first one up. 
I love this cover. Love it, love it, love it. This is this is probably my favorite on this entire list here. So this is Dr. J. This is his first cover from January 14th, 1974. There's so much I love about this cover. Um, maybe one of the most surprising things um, about it, the reason why I love it, is because of how rare this issue is. There's only been nine copies of this issue ever graded. That's it. Nine. It's frigging Dr. J. And this is his first cover. And it looks amazing. And there's still only ever been nine graded. So let's compare that to Michael Jordan's first cover, where, which, where as of today, there are 48 of those graded. There's one of this Dr. J issue graded at 9.2, and there's two graded at 9.0. So this issue is impossible to find in any condition. So rarity is one reason why this issue is so good. Um, another reason I love this issue is because it's from the old ABA. So now if you're younger and you don't have any idea what I'm talking about, there used to be two professional basketball leagues. There was the NBA and there was the ABA. Um, when Dr. J was in college, he wanted to leave after his junior year. And at the time, the NBA said, um, we only take seniors. We don't take juniors coming into the NBA. Um, but the ABA were like, was like, sure, come on, we'll take you. So Dr. J went and played for the ABA. The ABA was so innovative and did so many things first. So they were the first uh, league to have a three-point shot. Um, they had this, if you can see this, this amazing red, white, and blue basketball that just looked so cool. Um, they started the first All-Star Weekend. They had the first slam dunk contest. They had these amazing players, Dr. J, George Gerben, Artis Gilmore, Rick Barry, Connie Hawkins. It was just a much cooler league to watch in the 60s and 70s than the NBA. And if you've never heard the story about the ABA team, the Spirits of St. Louis, and how much owner, how much money the owners of that ABA team made when the merger between the NBA and the ABA happened, you um, do yourself a favor and spend some time reading about it. Just Google uh, Spirits of St. Louis TV contract. It is a ridiculous and incredible story. So I've always been a big ABA fan. All of these reasons. I love this Dr. J first cover here from 1974. I just purchased this, um, my first copy of this, graded at a 4.5. Um, I've never been able to find a raw copy. Um, I bought it off a buddy of mine, uh, graded at 4.5. Uber rare and, uh, and such an awesome cover. So that's the first one, Dr. J. Next up, Kobe Bryant from April 27, 1998. And let's dig into this because there's two big reasons why I find this cover so interesting, other than the fact, obviously, that it's Kobe, um, who is still red hot in the collectible market right now. Um, you know, one of the first reasons is Magic Johnson is on the cover with Kobe. You know, before Kobe, no other player really defined the Lakers, especially the Showtime Lakers of the 80s, other than Magic. And so it's even, you know, just so much better that Magic's on this cover. It's kind of the passing of the baton from the Magic era of the Lakers to the Kobe era of the Lakers. And another big reason why I like this cover, keep in mind, a lot of people forget this. The Lakers took a huge gamble trading for Kobe on draft day. Kobe was not a sure thing, not even close. It sounds ridiculous to say it out loud today, um, you know, but this was before LeBron and Kevin Garnett went from high school to the NBA. You know, back in 1996, just about everybody 
was skeptical of a 17-year-old kid playing in the ABA or playing in the NBA. You know, Kobe was drafted 13th. 13th. That just blows my mind today. He was drafted by the Charlotte Hornets and he was traded to the Lakers for Vladi Divac. Unbelievable. When um, Bryant was drafted, the general manager from the Hornets called Kobe, told him, hey, we're going to draft you, but we're going to trade you because, quote, we don't need you anyway. Kobe was totally dismissed coming into this league. And then all he did was turn around and drop five rings on the table for the Lakers. So I love how that's an unbelievable story. And it's one of the reasons why this is one of my favorite first covers. Um, I do own a number of copies of this issue. I have two or three of them um, at CGC waiting to be graded right now. And then I've got a couple more raw sitting in a huge stack of issues that I uh, uh, still need to send into CGC. Next is Wayne Gretzky. So this is from October 12th, 1981. So much to love about this cover. I love seeing Wayne in his old Oilers uniform. I also like how Sports Illustrated used the orange from that Oilers uniform kind of to highlight the rest of the cover. That orange color throughout just stands out. It pops from the whole cover. Um, and it's different from a lot of other Sports Illustrated covers. But for me, my love is all about that 80, 80s haircut that Wayne's got. It's long. It's wavy. He's rocking a hard center part. I mean, right down the middle of his head. It's almost a mullet, but his hair's a bit too long on the top to be a true mullet. I, I, all around, this is an amazing cover. I just love it for just the way it looks. Obviously, Wayne is a, you know, the great one. Give him that name for a reason. Um, I own three copies, maybe four copies of this issue. All but one are at CGC right now. And in fact, I should be getting one of those at CGC back in the, um, in the next month or two. Uh, I do own a graded copy at 8.5. Um, there is one copy of this issue graded at 9.8, uh, which is unbelievable. So there, uh, it's unbelievable. There are a number of reasons why this issue is tough to find in a high grade. Most notably is the fact that the cover is just a little bit smaller than the rest of the magazine. I've talked about this before. Um, if you look at one of the copies of the magazine, if you open the cover, it's actually kind of like a trifold fold out. But the result of that is, is the actual cover is just about a half inch smaller than the rest of the magazine. And what that means is it makes it really easy for color to flake off along that edge. Um, there's a couple of other things going on, but mo for the most part, really, really tough to find this in a high grade. I actually know the guy who owns this in a 9.8. So congratulations, big guy, because I don't think we'll ever see another issue of this one um, graded at 9.8. Probably not ever. Walter Payton is next. Look, I'm a, <clears throat> I'm a big Chicago guy, so I'm certainly biased. But, you know, screw it. We're all biased. That's what makes this kind of fun. This is from November 22nd, 1976. This is Walter Payton's first Sports Illustrated cover. I've always liked covers that are action shots as opposed to kind of a studio photo like we saw on the Wayne Gretzky cover. Um, you know, this is a game shot. I, I love this cover. It looks so good. You can clearly see his famous number 34. He's running the ball. If you look real closely at the bottom, you got grass flying up off his cleats. Another thing I love, this helmet, if you look really closely, there's a ton of white scuff marks on that helmet. He had obviously been in some serious collisions during this game for it to get all jacked up like that. 
Um, after searching for years, I finally found a copy of this issue. Not in great shape, not by a long shot. I think it's maybe a 5.0 to a 6.0 grade. It's at CGC right now. Highest graded copy of this issue is 9.0. There's only five graded copies, even more rare than that Dr. Dre cover, that, that Dr. J cover that we just talked about. It's just insane for a first cover of one of the greatest NFL players of all time. There's only five graded copies, but I think it goes back to the fact is it's one of the reasons why so many of us love collecting newsstand Sports Illustrated issues. They are so rare. I've mentioned this before. Man, I'm a Jordan fan. I love Jordan. I love sports cards. But his rookie, Fleer, sports card, Michael Jordan's, there's 350 of those graded at PSA 10. And they're still worth half a million dollars. I mean, that's fun. That's great. But rarity in collecting is something I love. Newsstand Sports Illustrated, man, some of them are just so rare. And that's the case here with this, uh, with this Walter Payton. Only five graded copies that exist. Soon to be six. Um, once mine gets graded um, at CGC. This is Pete Rose's cover. This is from May 27th, 1968. His first cover, just a great cover. Um, similar to the Gretzky we looked at, I like when they use those bright colors on the cover because they didn't do that too often. And it really just kind of pops and stands out. I mean, that yellow across the top stands out. I love the series of kind of stop action picks along the top. And that headline, the Reds' brash Pete Rose. Um, great cover. One of my favorites. Don't own it. Always been on the lookout for it. Wish I could. Um, there are two copies of this issue graded at 9.4. And, uh, and those are the highest graded. So Pete Rose's first cover from 1968. One of my favorites. Here's another one I don't own. Have never owned. Have been searching for forever. And have just never been able to get my hands on. January 6th, 1986 is when Mike Tyson made his first Sports Illustrated appearance. You know, it's, it's uh, interesting. While boxing trading cards have never really been that big, um, there is a Tyson rookie card that Panini put out in 1987, and it's considered like Tyson's main rookie card. So the fact that this issue came out before his rookie trading card kind of makes this issue even a little bit more collectible than it, it might have otherwise been. I also like how they use his original nickname in the uh, headline, Kid Dynamite. Um, within a year or two, you know, the nickname Iron Mike Tyson became much more popular and was used throughout his uh, whole career. 9.0 is the highest graded copy of this issue. And what is awesome about that 9.0 issue is that it's a CGC Signature Series slab. Now, if you're not familiar with that, Signature Series is CGC's in-house autograph authentication program. Um, I'll talk about it a little bit in the second half of this podcast, but I'm not going to go into big details about it. What I will tell you is Signature Series is very strict. It's very rigid. And there are only 33 Sports Illustrated issues that have classified and been qualified as a very Signature Series label. So they've graded thousands and thousands and thousands of Sports Illustrateds only 33 of them um, are signature series. That's it. Um, and again, the highest graded copy of this issue of Mike Tyson happens to be a, uh, a signature series issue. And, and the guy that bought it actually uh, DM'd me on Instagram right after he bought it. He was so excited showing me the pictures of it. So uh, um, he's a big collector, mostly a sports card guy. It was his first graded Sports Illustrated purchase. And he went in uh, 
you know, jumped in with both feet and, and bought an amazing issue, the highest graded uh, Mike Tyson rookie and also signature series. So um, I've never owned a copy of this one. Man, been looking for a long time and just have never been able to get my hands on it. That's a good one. Uh, okay, so this is the last one. And I wanted to get a modern issue in here. This is Trevor Lawrence. This is from January 14th, 2019. I am a huge college football fan, uh, uh, more so than the NFL. I mean, I really enjoy college football. I mean, I love the NFL too, but I'm a college football guy and I'm a huge Trevor Lawrence fan. I think he is a once in a generation talent. I think the fact that he was drafted by Jacksonville and is playing for head coach Urban Meyer is a good thing and will give him a great shot at being successful in the NFL. Um, I love it. He's famous for his long hair and you can certainly see that right there in the cover of this one. Um, sticking out of the bottom of his helmet. One of the other things I really like about this, so this photo for this cover was taken during the 2019 National Championship game when they beat Alabama. So you've got a photo from this iconic game that's used as his first cover. Just a lot of things to love about this. I mean, I think he's got a huge upside, and, and, and I'm, I'm a big Trevor Lawrence fan. I own several copies of this issue. I've got two or three, maybe four at CGC being graded right now. I've still got a few more. Um, raw issues of this one that I need to send in uh, just a just a great first cover there from Trevor Lawrence um, from 2019 okay so topic number two how to handle sending in autographed issues to CGC so getting copies of Sports Illustrated autographed has been a separate sub hobby in and of itself there uh, for years have been sizable groups of people that just collect autographed Sports Illustrated. And it kind of makes sense. The photography is amazing. Um, Sports Illustrated is really kind of the perfect size for framing. There's plenty of room on the cover for an autograph. Um, as opposed to sports cards, I've always felt like sports cards, it looks like they're cramming the autograph into this tiny little box. It always looks kind of cramped to me. Got a ton of room to work with for getting autographs on a Sports Illustrated. So it's always been a great medium for getting autographs. Um, but getting autographed issues of Sports Illustrated graded by CGC is extremely tricky and there's a lot of pitfalls. And so a number of things to keep in mind. So I'm gonna walk you through most of them um, here. So this is, um, you know, this is first, CGC has their own autograph authentication process called Signature Series. Um, if you've ever seen a CGC slab with a yellow label on the top, um, that's a signature series label. The standard that CGC has for an item to get the signature series label is pretty tough. The autograph has to be signed. The item has to be signed with a CGC signature series witness present. Then the magazine is kept by the witness and it's delivered directly to CGC. You don't get that issue back after the autograph. You only get it back after it's graded. And they, like I talked about before, out of the thousands and thousands of Sports Illustrated issues that CGC has graded, 33 have qualified for the Signature Series label. So it's an insanely small number, which should prove to you how difficult it is to qualify for a Signature Series. So let's say you have an issue that's autographed that you want to get graded. Big thing you need to know, CGC does not recognize certificates of authenticity or authentication processes from other companies. No one, not JSA, not PSA, not Beckett, no one. 
So if there's an autograph on the issue already, it will never qualify for CGC Signature Series because that autograph has to be signed in front of a CGC Signature Series witness. So if you've got that autograph on the issue, what CGC will do when, when you send it in to be graded is that they will treat that autograph like any other writing on the cover, which means it's a defect. What do you think a random scribbling of a Sharpie marker is going to do to your grade on a Sports Illustrated cover? It's going to destroy it. It's going to certainly bring it down significantly. So CGC treats that autograph as a defect. So with all of this in mind, if you still want your autographed issue graded by CGC, you basically have two choices. If you just send your issue into CGC like you would any other issue, chances are it is going to come back looking like this. This is the dreaded qualified label from CGC. Basically, what the qualified label means is that there's something significantly wrong with this issue. However, with the green qualified label, CGC doesn't downgrade your issue for having an autograph on it. So what CGC is saying with this example that we're looking at here, this is Muhammad Ali's first uh, cover, um, graded at 8.5, and it's autographed. So what CGC says, if we ignore this autograph, this is an 8.5 issue. But because this autograph is on here, we're going to give it this green qualified label. Here's the problem. Everything I've seen in the marketplace is that any issue with a green label basically loses almost all of its collectability. That's not me saying that. That's me saying that's what the market is saying. And keep in mind, because there's so few of these out there, it's really being driven by comic books. But you can talk to comic book people. You can get on comic book forums and, and watch videos of people that collect comic books and get them graded. 99.99% of the time, if you've got a green qualified label, um, you've basically just destroyed the collectability. Talked about this before, because Sports Illustrateds are a combination of, rated Sports Illustrateds are a combination of sports cards and comic books, and the company that does our grading is CGC, which is a comic book company. What happens in the comic book industry and how the comic book market judges collectability of various things is going to affect graded issues of Sports Illustrated. So um, keep that in mind. However, there is another option. You can specifically request a universal blue label when sending in your issue. The problem with this option is that CGC will downgrade your issue for that writing on the cover, the autograph. So you can get the full grade with the green label, or you can get a blue label with a much lower grade. Not an easy decision to make. If you want the blue universal label, you have to write a note on the bagged issue and on the packing slip when you're sending in the CGC that says something along the lines of, please downgrade for universal blue label. Um, something else to keep in mind, all of this is up, the, your request that you're making is up to the decision of the grader. So you can make this request and it's still possible that uh, CGC will give you a green qualified label. If you do request, um, that blue label, my experience is that your issue will be downgraded anywhere from one to two full points for that autograph being in the cover. So if you've got an issue that would normally be a perfect 9.8 without an autograph on it, with the autograph on it, to, and getting a blue label, it's probably going to be anywhere from a 7.5 to an 8.5.
Uh, you might be able to squeak out a 9.0, but that's it. So all of that's something and good information to keep in mind. And if all of this weren't complicated enough, there's one more thing to keep in mind. Once an issue gets downgraded to about 7.0, CGC will not downgrade the issue further for the autograph being on there. And let me show you an example of this. So this is actually an issue that I own. This is from my personal collection. Um, this is a Time magazine with uh, Era Parsegian on the cover. He was a you know, famous Notre Dame coach, won a national championship back in the 60s and 70s. Now, before I knew all of these rules about autographs and how to handle them and that sort of stuff, I just sent this issue in to be graded. I didn't request a blue label. I didn't know anything about blue or green labels. Um, and when I got it back as a blue label at 6.5 and I started doing more research on this, I, I reached out to CGC a number of times and had a number of conversations with people there. And what they told me is basically because it's graded at 6.5, CGC didn't downgrade it any further and gave me a blue label instead of that green qualified label. So something to keep in mind that once an issue is around a 7.0 or a 6.5 on its own, CGC won't further downgrade the issue because of an autograph. I know all of this is confusing um, and worse. Grading is always subjective and there are not clear lines defined around these rules. Um, so if you have questions about autographs beyond what we've just talked about here, you know, drop a comment um, or DM me on social media. Okay, let's wrap up today and look at some recent top sales of uh, graded magazines. So first one up, this is Michael Jordan. This is Jordan's 41st Sports Illustrated cover. Got Scotty Pippen on there as well. This issue is from June 8th, 1998 with the headline, The Last Stand. Um, <clears throat> 3000 was the asking price on this. Best offer was accepted. I'm going to guess this sold for around 2500 bucks. It's a Michael Jordan graded at a 9.8. Man, those are massively collectible. But the other thing <clears throat> about this and why it sold for so much, this is a pop one of one with none higher. So this is a 9.8. I think there are seven 9.6 of this issue but there's only 1.9.8. It's the highest graded copy in the world. And there's only one of these. And obviously, you know, with the Michael Jordan documentary, the last um, dance coming out last year, everything Jordan has just been through the roof in collectability and continues to be this case. Um, great cover. I own one of those seven 9.6s. Um, I got a couple more copies of this one at CGC um, being graded right now. Love that issue, Michael Jordan um, at 9.8. Next up, this is Hank Aaron issue. This is his famous 715 issue from um, April 15th, 1974. This is graded at 8.5. Sale price on this one was $1,000. Full disclosure, um, I'm the one that sold this issue. Um, so this is one that I got graded, came back, and I sold it on eBay uh, and accepted a best offer of $1,000. This is an amazing cover. Probably a top 20 all-time Sports Illustrated cover. 715, the home run. It's a great shot of him. You can see his face. He's holding up the ball. Um, I will tell you, there are several of these graded above 8.5, including there's one copy out there that's at 9.8. Going to be tough for, any, uh, for anyone to ever get another one of these graded at 9.8. One of the reasons, all that black along the outline, man, really easy for that black ink to show defects in that color to flake along the spine. Um, for me, this is a great cover in any grade just because it's so iconic. 
I do have a couple more copies of this issue. Um, I think one of them is at CGC and one of them I still have raw. Uh, unfortunately, neither of those will be anywhere near a 9.8 um, and probably won't even make it to 8.0. Um, just kind of giving you an example of how rare it is to find this one in a high grade, super rare. Um, to find an issue that's almost 50 years old in such a high grade and a condition like this um, and graded at 8.5, which is why it went for a thousand bucks. Next up, Patrick Mahomes and his first cover from November 19th, 2018, graded at 9.8. This one sold for uh, 2,600 bucks. Unlike the Jordan issue, there are about a dozen uh, of this issue graded at 9.8. Still extremely collectible. As we all know, Patrick Mahomes is the future of the NFL. His sports cards have gone through the roof in price the last couple of years. Um, something else really interesting about this. This one sold in August for $2,600. But right now, on Heritage Auction, there's another 9.8 up for auction with a current bid of $4,320. And there's still a few days left to go on this auction. So someone uh, got a heck of a deal buying that uh, 9.8 Patrick Mahomes off of eBay for 2,600 bucks because the market is saying that the price on one of these is over 4,000 now. Uh, I own a, a, a bunch of copies of this uh, issue. Um, a couple of them might have a shot at 9.8. Most will, will be a, more along the lines of a 9.2, 9.4, 9.6. I got several of them at CGC right now and, and then several others raw. Um, so this last one is kind of a surprise. You've probably seen this issue before. This is the first ever issue of Sports Illustrated, August 16th, 1954. It's graded at 9.8. There are an absolute ton of these issues graded at 9.8. I've talked about it, why, on some of my other videos, so I'm not going to dig into them now. But the fact of the matter is, you know, I think there's probably 40 or 50 of these graded at 9.8. It's not hurting, uh, the population count is not hurting the collectability and the pricing of it. Um, what's surprising about this one is, this one sold recently for $11,000. Now, typically, um, you'll see this issue sell for about five to $6,000. So this one going on Heritage for 11 grand is very interesting. Um, if you're a serious Sports Illustrated collector, you just have to have one of these at 9.8 in your collection. It's, 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 it's iconic for so many reasons. Great, beautiful photograph. That's Eddie Matthews at the plate, by the way, Hall of Famer, um, and the first ever issue of Sports Illustrated. I do own one of these at 9.8, um, and I've got three or four others at CGC um, being graded right now. So we'll see what happens when those come back. That's it for today. Remember to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Download the podcast. There's the Facebook group, Twitter, eBay, Instagram, TikTok. It's all the same everywhere. CGC Sports Illustrated. So is my email, cgcsportsillustrated at gmail.com. Thanks for being here. We'll do this again soon.